Uh, welcome to all the visitors that are here. It's lovely to have you in our church. We pray that you feel like this is home and that you're with family because in the body of Christ, we're all family. Is that right? And those of you that are on holidays and traveling through and just visiting our church, we just bless you and pray that your holidays and your travel will be safe and beautiful. And I just want to say how much we love you all. Amen. Why don't you turn to someone right now and just say, you're amazing. Glad you came to church tonight. I asked Julie to sing that song, a beautiful song by Brooke Fraser, Australian artist, about the time when the locusts and the foxes came and just destroyed all the crops, a time of real brokenness for Australian farmers. And, and I asked her to sing that because I wanted tonight to be remembering the suffering of Jesus but understanding that he understands yours. Amen. And um, a few days ago I was speaking with a, a really, really beautiful man who was from Vietnam. He was doing my fingernails actually. And so he was a captive audience. And um, he was sharing with me about how he was a refugee and he had to run away from Vietnam because of communism and how a lot of his friends and family were being jailed just for speaking out, just having freedom of speech. They were being jailed and he just said, just bring that down a little bit, especially on stage. Uh, he was saying to me, you know, it was just so awful. I didn't want to raise my children in a country where they couldn't even speak without being jailed. And I'm looking at this man, so beautiful, and obviously had gone through so many years of suffering. And he, he moved over into um, another country, into Thailand, as a refugee, in a refugee camp. And then he begged them, would they let him study? And he studied and got a degree in business and computers so he could come to Australia, so he could be in a land where it was free, where he didn't have to suffer anymore. And I began to talk to him, this little man who just looked like he had suffered so much. And I said to him, you know, I'm a Christian and there's one who understands your suffering. There's one who understands that you weren't accepted in your own land, that you, were, that you weren't accepted in your own country. You know, his name is Jesus. And he said, yeah, I'm a Buddhist, but yeah, I've heard about this Jesus. And then he got little tears in his eyes and he put his head down and he said, I watched the movie, you know. You know that movie? And I said, The Passion. He said, I watched the movie. And his head went down lower. And he just shook his head with tears in his eyes. How can people be so cruel? How could they do this to him? I don't understand. And I said to him, that's the difference between Buddha and Jesus. Because at any time, Jesus being the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords could have called down legions of angels to pick him up and take him away. But he chose as the Son of God to suffer for you, to die a sinner's death, an innocent man for you, for you. He died in your place and he just hung his head low and said, this is very good. This is very good. 
You know, many of us go through things where we suffer. Amen? And as Christians, sometimes we wonder why. Why do we suffer? Why do we go through things that cause us to suffer? Why do we go through things that cause us to literally walk in brokenness? Why do things happen to Christians? Why do things happen to good people? And when I look around me and look at different people in my life and different people through uh, the journey of my life that I've come into contact with, I've found that the most beautiful people, the most precious people, the most gentle people, the most loving people, the most kind people are the ones who have suffered the most. There is something in brokenness that brings out the very best in us. And our Father in heaven knows that and he uses that every day of our lives to make us more like Jesus. I don't know about you, but when I think of Jesus, even tonight, today, as we think about this day, Good Friday, when he went to a cross for every one of us, when I think about this precious Jesus, I say, oh my God, I give him everything that I am, all that I am, and whatever it is that I walk through on this earth, let it be that I be poured out like a drink offering so that he may be given glory and that he may become in me what he was on the earth to other people. Amen. Sometimes in our brokenness, there's a place that's left. And if we don't give our brokenness to Jesus, the one who understands us most, then our brokenness then can be filled with other things. And we end up that we have a cloud over us. And we can walk around with a cloud over us of depression, of worry, stress, heaviness, pride, lust, anger, criticism, and the list goes on of what we could fill this place, this place where we've been broken with. But there's another way. There's a choice we can make. We can take this place where we've been broken and just like the Lord Jesus Christ, we can allow him to use it for his glory and work something into us of beauty. Amen. And then what the cloud is that is over us is a cloud of glory. Because the scriptures say you cannot partner with Christ in his suffering and not partner with him in his glory. Can you imagine that everything that you have gone through to this point in your life can be transferred into a cloud of glory that you literally walk around with and impart to other people? I call it the invisible fragrance of brokenness. the invisible fragrance of brokenness. 
Song of Songs says this, Song of Songs 4.16. Awake, north wind, and come, south wind. Blow on my garden. Let its fragrance, that its fragrance may spread everywhere. Let my beloved come into his garden and chase, taste of its choice fruits. Let me say that again. Awake, north wind, and come, south wind. Blow on my garden. This is the garden of your heart, amen. That its fragrance may spread everywhere. And let my beloved, that's Jesus, come into his garden and taste its choice fruits. 2 Corinthians 2.16 says this interesting thing about fragrance. It says that to one, we are the smell of death. And to the other, we are the fragrance of life. But I also believe that in our lives, we can choose to be one or the other to everyone that we meet. Amen. We can be the fragrance of life if we allow Jesus to take our brokenness, to take our sufferings, to take the things that we go through in our lives, transfer them inside of us, transform us through the Holy Spirit, and let this fragrance come out that brings life wherever we go. I think of Mary Magdalene in the Bible, a woman who, look, we don't even know what happened to her in her life. What happens to a woman in her life that she would end up a prostitute? We judge, we can judge where she is and where she was and say, well, she's just a prostitute. Like the Pharisees, we could stand around and say, if you knew what manner of woman that was, you wouldn't even touch her. Jesus, if you were a prophet, you wouldn't even go near that dirty woman if you knew who she was. He knew perfectly well who she was. And he knew what she had been through in her life. Psalm 139 says, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. Every day of your life was written in my book before it came to pass. I know when you rise. I know when you go to bed. I know what you're going to think before you say it. He knows everything. He knows the beginning from the end. And he watches you. He knows your life. He knew Mary Magdalene's life. He knew her well. And he knew what had happened to her in her life that had gotten her into that state. Mary Magdalene, possessed by seven demons, a prostitute, and yet she goes to Jesus. She runs to Jesus with the only thing that she has, and it's a dowry. Amen. It's worth one year's wages. And it's probably the only thing that she has would ever guarantee any future and hope for her. And she goes and she finds Jesus. She risks her life. She throws herself at Jesus' feet. He's in the Pharisee's house. He's sitting, reclining, having a meal. His feet are out the back. She pours, the, she breaks the alabaster jar that she has, everything that she's ever owned in it. And she pours it over his feet. And it says a fragrance fills the whole room. Amen. Mary Magdalene a prostitute used her brokenness to pour out over the feet of Jesus Christ and become one of the greatest disciples the world has ever seen. In fact, she was the one that Jesus appeared to first after he had risen. She was the one crying in the garden and interrupted his ascent to heaven. His father I have to go back. Mary's crying. Well, don't let her touch you because 
You're being glorified now. And it'll wreck everything. But Jesus risked everything for one woman. One woman who had poured out everything in brokenness for him. Mary, Mary, don't cry. It is I. I have risen. Go and tell them. Go and tell them, Mary. Amen. I'm sure as you think about it, you think of many people in your life, even your own life, that have been broken. I was speaking to my dear friend, Bill. Is he here? Is Bill here? He's not here. This morning, Hazel's husband, Bill, for those of you who know him, my dear, dear friend. And I asked Bill if I could share some of his story. Bill, a beautiful man, a young man, ready to take on life, in love with the love of his life, said that he won the only lottery draw that he's ever won in his whole life. And that was a lottery draw where they drew out names from the lottery balls of men who would serve in Vietnam. And at 20 years old, he had to leave the love of his life and go to a strange country and fight on the front line at Vietnam. Now, we've seen the movies. We've heard the stories. I don't need to go into detail about what happened to a man named Bill at 20 years of age in a foreign country. But there was jails and there was torture and there was things that men will never, ever speak of again that they experienced and they saw. This man chose to pour out his life for our freedom, for the freedom of mankind. And as a Christian, he did it for Jesus. He did it for what he believed in. Amen. And his wife said, I watched my husband go to Vietnam and he never came home. Not Bill didn't come home. Because the man that came home was broken and shattered beyond recognition and beyond healing. But the Lord Jesus Christ wrapped Bill up in his arms. And Bill gave his life to Jesus wholeheartedly. And to this day now, every one of his friends, if they weren't killed in Vietnam, died by the age of 46 from mental illness, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, or just plain stress. But today Bill stands as a hero and one of the most beautiful men of God I've ever met in my life. Because Bill chose to use his suffering and allow Jesus Christ to work something inside of him that now causes him to be a beautiful father to our church and to our people. Amen. And if you've ever had a hug from Bill, you'd know. And I was talking to him on the day, today on the phone and probably this time of the year is hard for him coming up to Anzac Day and he hasn't been to church for a little while because he's been having some episodes of memories and things and he said you tell the people I'm not defeated I'm wounded but
but I'm coming back and I'll be back in church cuddling all my people. Amen. Precious Bill is a beautiful example of what can happen if we turn suffering into the invisible fragrance of brokenness. I think some of the greatest men and women that I've sat under in the world today speaking are those that are going through the greatest breakings that I've ever seen. I think we're living in a time right now where God is purifying his church, where he's taking his precious bride, and he's about to shine. He's about to show the glory of his church to a world that has no idea what's happening to this bride in the secret places in the heart of her father. But he sees you. And he knows you. And nothing is for nothing. Nothing is for nothing. Amen. When I look around this room, I, I'm looking at people, I'm looking at women who have probably lost babies. I'm looking at family members who have lost family members in death, something we probably are never supposed to experience, seeing as he created us never to die. And now we have to look at loved ones dying. There's people in this room that have suffered divorce and there are young people that have watched their parents break up and have suffered greatly. There's people in this room that have suffered major illnesses and had to walk through them, maybe suffering them right now. I was one of those. 11 years of major illness every day trying to get out of bed and come and stand on this pulpit and preach to people. And for 11 years, I cried out to God, why won't you heal me? Why won't you heal me? Why won't you heal me? And on the day when he finally did heal me 11 years later, he would always speak to me about roses and and whenever he would speak to me, he would talk to me about the pruning of a rose bush. And I'm pruning the rose bush. And I'm pruning the rose bush. I think, I'm pruned already. <laughs> I'm pruned. I'm like. I remember one day I had this beautiful rose bush in a pot at home. And Tim Phillips, if he's here, uh, is he there? Yeah, he's hiding. Look. Um, we had this service and he was going to share at our service and he said, I really want to show people about the pruning of the Lord. Can I use your rose bush to prune it at church and show people? The trouble is he never told me he didn't know how to prune a rose bush. It never grew back. I'll have you know that, Tim Phillips. He absolutely killed it. He just <laughs> hacked it to pieces. And um, that was the end of my rose bush. But God always speak, spoke to me about roses and rose bushes in the redemptive part of my life. And on the day that he healed me of this incurable disease that the doctor said I would never be cured from, I was bleeding internally, I was on the highest forms of medication they could give me, and I knew that I was slowly dying. And he came to me and said, today I'll heal you. Eleven years later. And I was just, after he you know, Phil had prayed for me and I, was, I knew that God had touched me. I was just laying on my bed 
And I had this vision of Jesus coming and he came with this rose for me. And I'm in this vision, I'm going, oh, it's a rose. It's lovely. It's a rose. He's bringing me a rose. And this is another, you know, another notch on the belt. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Another notch on the belt. Another rose. Great. I made it through another battle. This is good. And he brings the rose to me. And then, and I was laying out on the bed and I went to get up to get the rose in the vision. And he said, no, stay there. And I stayed laying and he laid the rose on top of me and the rose became as big as me and then it it, it began to just dissolve into my being. And he said to me, today the woman has become the rose. And it was just, and I was completely, completely and utterly healed. Completely and utterly healed from more than a sickness. Amen. Amen. And there are places in your life right now that may feel like rose bushes and thorns and and ugly places. But I'm telling you, he's building a garden inside of you. A garden where he's going to call to the north wind and the south wind. He's going to blow upon your garden and he's going to let the fragrance of that go out over the whole earth. Amen. The invisible fragrance of brokenness. Within the invisible fragrance of brokenness is an anointing that is like Jesus. Amen. There's an anointing that is like Jesus. In Isaiah 53, starting at verse 3, says this, He was despised and rejected by men a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. Like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Tonight, in this place, the invisible fragrance of the broken one, Jesus Christ, is in this room. He walked as one of us, was sentenced and crucified as an innocent man for our sin, for our sickness, for our brokenness. He was broken. And tonight, through him, you can rise up out of your brokenness. Amen. The Amplified Bible says it like this in Isaiah 61 and verse 1. Arise from the depression and prostration that circumstances have kept you in. Arise to new life. Shine. Be radiant for the glory of the Lord. For the glory of the Lord has come. And the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Amen.
Let's just close our eyes for one minute as that music lifts. And why don't you take your brokenness right now. Take those places, those desert places, and give them to Jesus right now. The foot of the cross. Bring them to Jesus. Bring them to Jesus right now. Bring them to Jesus. Lord, we give it to you. Give it to you, oh Lord. We give it to you, oh Lord. Precious Jesus, come. Precious Jesus, come. Take our pain, Lord. Take our suffering, Lord. Take our disappointment. Take our hopelessness. Lord. Lord Jesus, take our depression, take our oppression. Take our failings, take our sin. Jesus, let us rise up again tonight with fresh glory that every person in this room might carry the invisible fragrance of brokenness, the anointing of the cloud of glory from this place. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I think to seal that, I think it would be beautiful if we could take communion together. Amen. And we've set communion out like this just because we think it'd be nice to do it different. So if you'd like to come out row by row, just take a piece of bread from this side or that side, just break a piece, get yourself a cup. And then just come and stand on the altar and we'll all stand here together. Amen. Don't be scared. Just think about him. As you're waiting, as you're standing on the altar, just let it be an intimate time with you and Jesus.
mean, you might be coming forward here and you don't even know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. But tonight, as you partake of communion with us, understanding his body that was broken for us, understanding that his blood was shed for your sin tonight, you can be born again. Amen. Oh, it's so beautiful. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Holy Lord. There's still people coming. Just keep praying. Jesus said that he is the head and we are the body. And tonight as we stand together choosing to allow our brokenness to become a fragrance for his glory, tonight Jesus will meet with you in this communion. Amen. Tonight he will meet you face to face. And as you partner with him in his suffering, you will partner with him in his glory. Tonight, Lord, we choose, amen. Tonight we choose, amen. Tonight we choose. We choose to follow you, Jesus. Amen. Let's just take that bread right now. This is his body that was broken for you. Do this, he said, in remembrance of me. Tonight, by his stripes you are healed, amen. His body was beaten and broken for you, and tonight, by his stripes, I declare you healed. In Jesus' name. Let's just take this juice, this wine that represents his blood that was poured out for us. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for salvation. Thank you for freedom. Thank you for life. Thank you for glory. Thank you, Lord, for your church, your beautiful church, your beautiful bride that is arising in these days. Lord, we give our lives to you afresh tonight. 
tonight, right now in this place, we declare that we are your church. We are your bride. And we will be glorified in these last days to show your glory, Lord. Let your glory cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Let your glory be carried on the faces of your people in the invisible fragrance of brokenness. In Jesus' name. Now, right now across this place, right now across this place, if you do not know Lord Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, just every eye closed, maybe you've never met him before, maybe you've never said, Jesus, will you be my, will you be my king? I want to belong to you. I want to belong in your kingdom. Maybe you've done things that you ashamed of and you need to be washed clean tonight. You know, I painted this painting today. Just open your eyes for a second. I painted this painting today because I just really felt like we needed a white cross because the white cross says this to me. Though my sins were as red as scarlet, he has washed them white as snow. Amen. So just close your eyes again. Tonight you may feel like your sins are still scarlet red and you need Jesus to wash you clean. Right now, right now, right across this place, every eye closed, just lift your hand up high and say, Julie, pray for me. There's one. Any more? Come on. Lift your hand up high while every eye is closed. Just say, Julie, pray for me. I want to be there. I want to I give my heart to Jesus. I want to be saved. I want my sins washed away. You can put your hand down, sweetheart. Anybody else? Anybody else right across this room? Amen. Young person. Is there young people here tonight that need Jesus? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's just pray this prayer together with this sister. Amen. Let's pray this with me. Come here, sweetheart. Can you let her through to you? Just pray this with me and everyone pray together. Amen. Dear Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are the Son of God. That you came to earth that you died a sinner's death, yet you were innocent. You died for me. Your blood was shed for me so that I might live. And today, I ask forgiveness of all my sin. I ask you to wash all my pain and make me brand new. Today, I stand before you And I say, Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. And I will follow you all the days of my life.